Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we explore this year's Winter Wonderland event, the new free-for-all map, and our thoughts on the Game Awards. Wonderland event... Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are on week 45 of this season, which is actually our 69th episode overall. I was hoping this episode just numerically would have been a different episode, but certain websites did not release their analytics for the year, so we didn't get to do that. Um, so sad for the numerical coincidences, <laughs> but we'll we'll do that eventually whenever certain websites decide to release their their yearly analytics um how have you been kevin how has your last week been um it it has been something uh i had a lot of work literally between the last three days i've worked um almost like eight hours per day and then uh we had a i had to replace like a power supply halfway through it just got it got hectic for no reason um and yeah i had I hope that I get to chill and relax for the next two weeks, which is uh, on the schedule, but we never know, uh, especially with a studio setup. Um, other than that, um, I'm just looking forward to the break, not only like relaxing and, you know, not having to worry about going in every day, um, but yeah, just being able to time to hang out with friends and stuff. Uh, this two weeks, I'm going to try to take the most advantage uh, as I can. So yeah, that's what, that's what I've been up to. Um, how about your weeks? Uh, have you been surviving, especially, you know, hectic holiday season? Yeah, it's been, it's been a little boring, should I say? Um, our, my brother's girlfriend visited for a little bit and then she left. Um, but mostly, aside from that, it's just kind of in business as usual. I feel like things are are finally starting to slow down for the year. Like for the other podcast, we're taking our two week break. Um, my sister just finished taking her finals, so she's off for three weeks. And yeah, I mean, I aside from like Black Friday and stuff, people going out, like there's not really been a whole lot to go do this December just by uh, by virtue of COVID, you know? Yeah, there's not a lot of like things that people can do. And um, I've been working on a project on the side i mean it's my own personal thing so i could definitely mention it but um i've been writing like video scripts and trying to like do animatics in my free time um but yeah I, i've never drawn i've literally started drawing a year ago so it's it's inexperienced but one of the things that i was mentioning is like the winter season is super weird uh like this year just because like usually you have like you're in the stores, you're listening to Christmas music 24-7. There's people ice skating. There's people like going outside and like, you know, eating food and like looking at puppies in a window. Apparently that's the thing. Uh, but for this year, everybody's like inside, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm like the only guy who's having fun in the <laughs> house. Like my, my family is all like, man, this is boring. Like my sister's like, you know, finishing up finals. My dad can't go out and, you know, meet his friends. And my mom is like still 
trying to keep work done and then i'm over here like flailing my arms to beat saber like i'm like <laughs> hey guys like i i'm offering it to you guys if you guys want to play and they're just like oh well you look weird and i'm like i'm having fun <laughs> what about you yeah you and found so, a way to make the best of the pandemic yeah it's just like i have i have games to keep me company that's one thing that like a lot of people i think need to take advantage of now uh just be like okay well we're locked inside we might as well do something with it you know the introverts are thriving exactly this is the this is the introverts uh number one christmas so uh, we only get one per century so <laughs> what have you been playing aside from beat saber and, and the winter event um winter event beat saber um i'm studying a little bit more valorant because i was mm -hmm. invited um i was invited by uci um to help out with the uc holiday invitational so um, i'm going to be casting their valorant event on nice. Monday. um but they do have i think it's a four-day event going from uh, I think the, fr the I think it's actually yeah Saturday the 19th through the 22nd so it's a Tuesday um, but yeah there there's gonna be more than just Valorant there's gonna be Valorant actually has the smallest slot um, there is a league tournament going over the the four days and also an overwatch tournament so if you guys want to watch mm, that okay. um, check out what they have in that uh, in that space it'd be really cool to see why why is the valorant tournament the smallest um it's more like a lot of the teams are playing right now um and they are signed up for other tournaments that go over this break and they're kind of bigger so um this is just kind of like a smaller like for fun event mm -hmm. but i mean the one thing that i really like is what they have lined up their sponsors are like msi corsair and um I think Xfinity too, but um, for the tournament or the little like side event that I'm casting, every person who got invited to play uh, gets a $25 Amazon gift card, which is really cool. Like just as a start, you just, you, you get to play Valorant and, and get a $25 gift card. But the cool thing is MVP gets a laptop from uh, MSI. So I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. Like that's that's worth it. So I mean, if I'm, someone is looking for a laptop right now and just holding yeah. off, it's like just just barge your way through. Maybe maybe something <laughs> will happen. Um, but honestly, like these events are a lot of fun, and it's really good for um, getting everybody together, especially during this holiday break and letting letting all the gamers, you know, really thrive here. Mm -hmm. I remember there's something I did do. I auditioned for the first play I've auditioned for since covid began um it's it's a zoom play it's a zoom production of the laramie project um, which is being uh, directed by my self-appointed theater father patrick um he like declared himself my theater father which is okay i'm cool with it he's a nice dude um and so he's putting on this production of the laramie project which is a it's based on an actual event that happened there was a, a boy who was murdered in uh laramie wyoming in i think the 19 late 1990s and then this theater group went there and they interviewed the people in the town to figure out like how this murder happened and it was it, it was largely because the kid was gay um so patrick's putting on that production and i auditioned for it i got a call back last night so uh fingers crossed that i get it um hopefully my 
camera with its really awful webcam will hold up. <laughs> um, but I also picked up Cyberpunk, and mm-hmm. um, if you've been following all the drama that's gone on with that, uh, it's it's quite it's been quite a ride. I think my main issue though is not that the game is super glitchy, which it is. The fact is that my PS4 is super glitchy in itself, so it keeps on spitting out my discs. So I'll be playing, and it'll be it'll be running fine. And then my PS4 will beep and it'll just spit out the disc and it's like, oh, come on, it was working. And then there's other times where the game will like just crash on me or there are times when like I'll need to be fighting a certain enemy and they clip into a wall and I can't kill them, which like on some in some cases it works. Like sometime one time I uh, I got an enemy that was like super high health to clip into the staircase and she just couldn't get me. So I just stood there with a shotgun to her face and just kept blasting her. And that was an easy boss fight. Um, but other times it's like, it is game breakingly bad. Um, I really like it regardless. I mean, I've if you've played a Bethesda game, you know that bugs are, uh, they're not a glitch. They're a feature of these open world games. Um, but yeah, regardless of the cyber bugs, I think that once I get a PS5, that I will be just infinitely happier playing Cyberpunk because I'm pretty sure they let you upgrade it for free. It's, at least it said that on the sticker when I bought it. Yeah, we'll we'll see how you know Bethesda deals with everything. But or this is I CD know, Project Red. But yeah, like, Bethesda was just the comparison. Yeah, but it's just it's one of those things where, like, I remember everybody's hyping up the game and they're like, "Oh man, this is gonna right. be amazing! Like, this is gonna be." great it's gonna be an insane game and then like there's glitches and everybody like everybody's like oh it's not that great like it it, it was your fault for hyping it up really <laughs> like really it was <laughs> it, that's why like a lot of my friends who enjoy it more were just not on the hype not on the hype train at all mm-hmm. they're just like i'm just gonna get it and i'm gonna play it when it comes out like i don't care what people are saying about the yeah the rest of it like so i'm just gonna watch and see what happens and enjoy it and they yeah. they end up being the ones who are less critical about it and are mm-hmm. having a lot more fun um i haven't gotten my hands on cyberpunk yet but i don't know uh i mean i've heard pc it to. runs fine I've, if you're playing pc next gen i've heard it runs really fine it's just the last gen consoles which i mean most of us are still running if we're playing console because no one's been able to get their hands on a PS5 unless you want to spend like $1,000 from a scalper, which I refuse to do on principle. Um, even though I, I really do need a new console just because my PS4 is buggy. Um, but like normally I'm like super critical on things, except for games. Like games I'm like not critical at all. It's just if I'm having fun, I'm having fun. Like I'm one of the few who liked Last of Us 2, you know? Mm. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where if you enjoy a game, you're just going to have fun with it. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter about, you know, hardware and stuff like that. But obviously, there is technical limitations. But I honestly think, like, this is the thing that I did with my PS4. Like, I didn't buy my PS4 immediately. I waited for, you know, them to come out with the second wave because there's always something that's wrong with the first wave. Yeah, like, it's always. always. Like, it, it overheats. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't work or something like that like it has connection issues and then they come out with a wave two which is like a hundred dollars cheaper and you're just like all right yep and you guess what i'm getting for next black friday plus you already know what games you want too like you you know okay i'm gonna go get this this and this and play it on my ps5 when i get it um but yeah that that's what that's what i enjoy it's just like i'm ready to 
I'm ready to play this next generation, but I'm I'm waiting for the next, you know, the next variation of the console. Um, mm-hmm. That's also the reason why I didn't jump on the VR bandwagon as quickly as I would. Um, I was looking at the Quest One when it first came out, and I'm like, hey, it's a portable VR machine. Like that's cool. Like I could bring it over to a friend's house and play whatever I want. And then they're like, yeah, like a friend of mine who who worked at Facebook for a bit, he was like. I like VR too, but I would wait a couple months. And he's like, and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, I can't tell you, but wait a couple months. And I'm like, okay. And then they announced the the quest two. And he's like, I'm like, did you work on the quest two? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he's like, yeah, the quest two is going to be way better than the, than the first quest. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll pick that up. So I did. And that's why my arms are sore today. It's, you know, it's a workout. I, it is a workout. People think like, oh, you're an idiot for getting like VR, but like you don't realize how much like you have to use your arms in that game. Like you don't get that from any other experience. Um, but yeah, it's just like you you wanna you wanna use your arms. You gotta get especially now since like we're indoors all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way to really get a fun workout uh, without having to like actually feel like you're working out. It's like they, it's the same thing I say because I, I know people who are like, ew, you play like those dancing games. I'm like, it's mainly we got them mainly because my mom used to do Zuma and she like wanted something to do similar. But then I started doing them and it's like, holy crap, this is actually like, if you invest yourself and like think of it as a workout and maybe actually play the workout mode, you will sweat a lot, especially if you're inside with in a small confined space, like that heat, it makes you sweat and you burn. Yeah, you don't want to like pe- people don't realize how much like effort is put into that and how much like how much energy it takes until you actually like get in there. Like I I remember everybody who was older than me saying like, you know, oh, DDR is easy. Like you just hit the hit the buttons <laughs> and squares. No. And then you you watch them like on the dance pad and they're like absolute garbage and I'm like this is this is a reason why it's like you like... don't underestimate these kinds of things conceptually like ddr is very simple it's just directions and you step on them but once you do it like even on the easy ones like as a kid like it's it's super hard and like i never wanted to do ddr because i absolutely was terrible at it i sucked i was trash and then just like my my one memory that i have of ddr is like not even me playing it um i think i've probably talked about this before but like there was a um, I went to Boomers, which is like a Chuck E. Cheese-ish thing for my birthday. And then we walked in and th- this is the start of the day. We walked in and there's this dude like just going super hard on DDR. Um, he's grabbing the, the rail and like just absolutely stomping the hell out of this machine. And we come back an hour later, a couple hours later, and he's like drenched with sweat. He has a drink and he's still going. So it's, it's, it's an intense game for intense people. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to play, like, it's really funny because, like, I used to have, like, pre-COVID, um, there's a round one close to me. So, like, there's an arcade room that has, like, machines lined out. And it's really funny because there's a 24-hour fitness right next door, right? <laughs> Instead, you have people shelling out, like, 30 bucks a day to play DDR for, like, a solid two or three hours, and then they call it a day. They have, like, their own... They have their own gym bag. They they're in like white clothing. They got sweatbands and everything. And I'm like, okay, 
like it's a more fun workout. To, it's a more fun way to work out. Yeah, and then my cousins used to do like a different style of DDR competition where it was more performance based. It was less huh. Um so like essentially you would pick a song and you'd play it on like either like I think standard or advanced which are like the two middle ones. Um but the way how you have to play it is backwards. So essentially you're facing the crowd while the arrows are going and you they judge you on accuracy of hitting your notes at the same time as the actual choreography you put on the on the dance pad. Um uh-huh. so it's actually really interesting to watch teams that so you're combining like, kind of like freestyle interpretive dance-ish. It's like it's it's essentially yeah, you're putting on a stage performance, but you can't look at the screen. Um, and it's usually done with tags, so like two people at the same time. So you can like alternate dance pads. You can um you can swing using the handlebars, like you you can have one person swing over and take take the other person's spot. Um, you could have one person playing both mats at the same time. It just depends on how they want to play it out. It's just really interesting to see, you know, the creativity that comes with it. How does it work if you're not seeing the screen? So it's really rough what they do. I've seen my friends do it. They'll record their screen. What they do is at that point, they flip the screen upside down in like in like a video editing software. Then they map the arrows backwards from the song. So then they teach themselves that that sort of sequence to what part of the song it is. Oh, this just got way more involved than I thought. Yeah, it's super it's super hard because like at first I was like, oh, well, you can you can kind of feel it, right? Like, you know what to do, but you're not allowed to reference the screen and to make it even harder for some competitions. Um, they, they'll put like a drape over the over the actual screen. And they won't judge your accuracy until the song is over. And then they show the final screen. So huh. it, it makes it that much harder. It, it's fun because like you see like actual crews figuring out like how to play on a DDR mat. But at the same time, it's like the pressure of knowing like if you drop one of the sequences, like let's say if it's like a three step, like um, it's a, it's a three step combo. Um, with quarter notes, you have to figure out like where you're gonna hit. Like how how are you gonna place your feet in order to hit that in time? Um, and yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of harder because you don't know what the arrows are. You you may know how to play it normally, but once you have to play it backwards, it's even harder. <laughs> I I I well, I just, I don't know how to respond to this. This is I I kind of I really want to see this because holy crap, especially because like you don't see the screen. So if you're going on accuracy, you have to be like literally perfectly on it because like you can't like, you can't look at the screen and then correct yourself. If you make a mistake, if you're off by like even a quarter of a beat, like you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have the music to go off of the only thing that like, it's like memorizing which verse it's like when you're, when you're singing a song in karaoke, but you don't have the lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. You just, you have the instrumental, you just kind of feel it and you have to figure out where the words go. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to know that, you know, that we could, we could still work out indoors and we, we really should. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself here. Still going way off topic, but like, 
Um, why do you, why is it that like Japan is the the country that just came out with all the rhythm games? Like as opposed to like I, I don't think it's nearly as big here. I mean, it had its heyday back in like the mid early two thousands, like two thousand. I want to mm-hmm. say for two thousand three to two thousand five is when I really knew that DDR was really big and like they even came out with the mainstream like Mario DDR version to appease all the normies but like what is it about rhythm games in japan do you know Uh, it's uh i guess the best way to describe it is there's a lot more like arcade culture in japan Mm -hmm. um it is something that it it's like an after school hangout spot like you go to the arcades to hang out with your friends like you like after after an intense like day of school, like if you have like nothing to really study for, you go and hit the arcades. Um, but I feel like it's just because there is a section for rhythm games, like arcade, arcade, uh, arcades in Japan are like multi-storied. So uh-huh. first floor is always crane games. Second floor is usually, um, I think second floor, second or third. No, no, no. Second floor is rhythm games. Third floor is. Um, usually harder fighting games and then if you go up sometimes it's even like slot machines and gambling at the very top um it just depends on where it is but for the most part like it they have rhythm games in one section just because they know that people will play it like it it's fun and they're always trying to one-up each other in terms of like what games they can rhythm um but yeah ddr really took off with it um there's one called waka that looks like a washing machine that one's that was really popular um but there's a whole bunch of just like different aspects of it i feel like japan just loves their rhythm games and it's because like it's music plus gaming like we can't really say no to stuff like that to kryptonite yeah All right, so moving on into other semi-unrelated topics, the uh, the Game of the Year Awards, the Game Awards came out. Um, and as predicted, Last of Us did actually take top prize. Um, I'm okay with it. Again, my pick was Hades, followed by uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but, I mean, I can see why Last of Us got it. Um really good visuals like the story i think if you put aside that it wasn't happy like i I don't know how many people were actually expecting it to be a happy ending and a happy story um but if you put that aside i i really enjoyed it i thought it was very engrossing and like it it did have that kind of i i I wouldn't say it's bittersweet it was just mostly just very bitter at the end like a bitter tone like i think like your actions catch up to you. I think it was a well done story. I enjoyed it. I'm not probably, I'm probably not going to play it again. Uh, now that I've beaten it, but I had a good time. What do you feel about this win? Um, y- yeah, I I didn't play the last of us part two, but I, when it came down to, I I honestly thought it was either going to be ghost of Tsushima or Hades just because of the way how, you know, it was really carried out. Both of them were executed quite well. Um, and I, I do understand like the last of us had a really, it does still have a really big following. Um, but I don't, 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I have no other way of really saying it, but I'm glad that, you know, at least we got a nod to it. I don't know if, you know, does this mean Last of Us Part 2 PS5 edition game of the year, right, is going to happen? Um, I, I would much rather have Ghost of Tsushima on PS5, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> game of the year remake, because that would be so much more fun. Plus, they just announced, you know, a legends mode so mm-hmm. you could go on forever um i mean I, I i can't see them not doing it. i think they would do it yeah maybe maybe a one-year anniversary thing well but we'll, we'll see so yeah i mean last week we talked about how currently the uh not currently but at the time the um the public was really pushing for ghost of tsushima to win it was winning in that public vote but um the game awards is only 10% decided from that public vote. 90% goes to the voting jury. So um, there are a lot of people who were upset that they didn't really like that. That public vote didn't really count for as much as it was. People are saying the, the entire public voted for ghost of Tsushima, but you still gave it to the last of us. I mean, and it's an, it's an industry thing. So that makes sense. And at least in my opinion, yeah, there's probably something. It's like the same thing with the Oscars, where right, like there is a panel of people who've played all these games and they have an objective view of why all three of these or all five of these games are up here in the first place. So they probably know something that we don't. It's the same way how I feel. I have, I don't mean to like make this in a bad way, but like the same reason why when I watch the anime awards for Crunchyroll every year um i'm i'm kind of mad because most of it is public vote it is like uh it is popular vote but when i watched all of the films i'm like objectively this character is better uh if you if you watch all of it and then it's just like oh well hero academy wins again and it's just like stop like did you watch any any of the other ones (laughs) so i'm kind of glad that like I, I'm 50-50 when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, I like how there is a panel of judges who understand, like, what it should be. But at the same time, like, it feels like if our if we're just gamers, right, and we're the ones who are playing a lot of these, can't really support the one that we enjoy the most, um, it, it feels like, you know, our voice is silenced potentially as well. Right. Um, so... It's kind of a it's a hard split I know when it comes to especially these like game awards and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to put your finger on one specific one because you know objectively you will have fans who haven't played all these games. Like for me personally, uh, out of the game of the year games, uh, I I unwrapped Animal Crossing. I haven't put it in my <laughs> Switch yet. Um, Doom Eternal. I listened to the soundtrack once. That was pretty cool. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I played the I played the first one. I'm pretty sure what happens in the second. Uh, and I've spent most of my time in Ghost of Tsushima and Hades. And The Last of Us Part Two. I feel like I I I can't really do it because I never finished Part One. So mm-hmm. like it's it's those things where I feel like they've played all these games. They know, you know what they what they what each game has to offer. But what part of it makes it like what makes this one the one that won it all like there needs to be a breakdown or something like that so we can kind of understand like okay the last of us part two won because of is it 
is it like uh main focus is it like the story aspect of it is it like x y or z is it like like that like that's what i want to know and like as much as we do as the public like see having our voice counted um you see it i've i've seen it a lot because my parents and sister watch dancing with the stars like you'll see it when there's someone who's on the show just clearly for ratings and like they have a lot of fans and it's the fan vote that'll keep them in rather than their actual ability to dance like clearest example in my head is bill ingvall he's if you don't know who he is he's this like middle or not even middle age he's like what 50s now he's his 50s white comedian like really not he can't dance at all he's very stiff um and the judges were all rating him really low because he cannot dance but the reason why he was staying in week after week after week and getting all these people who actually could dance kicked off the show is because his legion of fans kept voting him in so um but like looking at that, I mean, I can really see it both ways that you don't really want the public to have too much of a say if it's like a technical aspect of it. Like we'll never see all the work that went into The Last of Us 2. We'll never see the work that went into Ghosts or Hades or uh, Doom. But like the people who know the industry can clearly see what happened. So I would like even if the results don't like aren't what you'd want them to be like i i think there's something to be said about that expertise oh, man I, I had something that i wanted to say about that but i just completely blanked <laughs> out uh oh man it, it was a good note to it i just like keep thinking it. about it. i will while you're th- while you're trying to think of it i'll just read off the rest of the winners but go but for it try to try to remember what you were gonna say um, so Game Direction, uh, Last of Us Part 2 also won that. Uh, most anticipated game, Elden Rising. The Narrative Award went to Last of Us Part 2. Art Direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. Score and Music went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Audio Design went to Last of Us Part 2. The Performance Award went to Laura Bailey for her performance as Abby in The Last of Us Part 2. Games for Impact went to Tell Me Why. Best ongoing game was No Man's Sky, which I'm really, I'm both surprised to see and kind of happy to see because I remember when No Man's Sky first came out, everybody hated it because there was, uh, there's like no content and people were really bored, but they realized that they done goofed and they've been supplying updates ever since. And um, now people seem really happy with the game. So congrats to No Man's Sky. Indie game went to Hades. So I'm very happy for that. Debut indie game went to Phasmophobia. Best mobile game was Among Us. Best community support went to Fall Guys. Uh, Best VR AR game was Half-Life Alex. Innovation in accessibility went to Last of Us Part 2. Best action game did go to Hades. Best action adventure game went to The Last of Us Part 2. Best RPG, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best fighting game, Mortal Kombat 11. Best family game, Animal Crossing. Best sim strategy game was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, best sports racing game was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Best multiplayer game went to Among Us. Content creator of the year went to Valkyrie. Um, best esports athlete was Hio Showmaker Sue. Best esports coach went to Danny Zonic Sorensen. Best esports event was the League of Legends World Championship. 
best esports game was League of Legends. Best esports host was I can't pronounce this. If J S J, please forgive me. If J Shocks Deportere. I apologize to you for butchering your name. Um, and best esports team was G Two Esports. So that's the wrap of that. Did you remember what you were gonna say? Uh, no, <laughs> it didn't happen. Oh. Um, I wish I wish they did the game awards. I always feel like this would be such a better way of getting people to spend is if they did this like before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They did this before Thanksgiving. Like, even if it's like Thanksgiving Day, like you have the game awards going on and you just have your kids in a corner watching this. When they announce a game, they're like, tomorrow we're going out, we're buying this game. Like we're like that's how you just get money. Yeah. Um, like parents play buy games for their kids. Do you know how many people would like buy Animal Crossing who hadn't bought Animal Crossing before? Yeah, like I remember watching T Pain's interview on Hot Ones about you know Animal Crossing. Um <laughs> he was like, Why is Sean Evans asked him like why is Animal Crossing the best toilet game and he's like there's no objective it's at your own pace uh you don't have to worry about you know time crunches or anything you're just you're just relaxing like so it's you you get to you get to do that and keep us sane during quarantine that's just pretty much what it is right and that's like I mean this is only one ranking for the games um Polygon did their own ranking um, of 50. Should I read the top 50 or do you want to just hear the top 10? Uh, we should probably just do the top 10, but if All there's right. like any of them that like fell out. Oh, some of them fell out of like... top 10. A lot of them fell out of the top 10. Like Doom is not in the top 10. Last of Us is not in the top 10. Um, so top 10 are Among Us, Blazeball, Crusader Kings 3, Half-Life Alex, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Kentucky Route Zero, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Animal Crossing, and their number one spot did go to Hades. Hmm. I mean, Hades, I feel like once again, it's like evolving, evolving game play. Like you don't get bored of the yeah. of doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, I I like this. I still don't understand Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like, is there there's something I'm missing? Is I that, mean, is... I've seen the gameplay of it. It's just very realistic and very beautiful. Like, you can go to like real world airports that are just like would never have been visited before. Like, really, really tiny ones. Like, Microsoft found these, and I, just based on the reviews that I've seen, because I was I was also like really confused about this game. Um, but based on that, like people are saying like this is the most realistic flight thing i've ever done like it's it's super real and it's super beautiful so that's that's why that happened i i still need to play miles morales i played the first one and i really enjoyed it um, i've heard it's best to wait for the next gen on that so i'm yeah i'm not gonna i'm following the advice that i didn't take on cyberpunk but i'm just gonna wait for that because it's like yeah. it's a shorter game than the original so i don't feel like it'd be worth my 60 bucks you know exactly like, especially just, if it looks better like on another console 
Yeah, there's a lot of games that I'm like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the rest of the list. And there's some that I'm like, okay, yeah, I've played like Ghost of Tsushima's 31. Yeah. On this list. I played Murder by Numbers, which is 29. That is a Picross game. <laughs> like it, it it's fun and all, but like you have to like Picross. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see like where they put other games uh, on this list. But I hope that you know we could we could the main point of these uh, game awards and events is to just bring awareness to the games um, themselves. So if it really does pique your interest, just get it. Ask for it for Christmas. Like it's one of the things where you can guarantee it gets to you by Christmas, even if you order it late. Just be like, well. Here's a here's a digital code for this one. Here you go. Just like say Santa was uh Santa was delayed because he had a social distance from every house. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on from this. Congrats to all the winners. Um we'll see what happens next year. I I don't know if uh Cyberpunk's gonna make it on that list considering the debacle that happened with the release on last gen, but we'll see. Um so moving on to something twitch related um this went around this isn't overwatch related again but it, like it, it is twitch and we'll get to something that's like also could impact overwatch players and streamers but on twitch um there was a six-year-old call of duty streamer like straight up just a six-year-old kid who's just playing call of duty and apparently he got banned from uh his streaming call of duty and there was a video of him crying about it because he's six years old and he liked the game and he was banned because one, he defied the terms of service for playing call of duty because he's six and not 13, which is the, the age that blizzard, uh, not blizzard, um, Activision, Activision blizzard stipulates plus also the Twitch terms of service, which he's still also too young for, but then it turns out like he, he won a lot of like internet support. It's like, on one hand, people are like, just let him play. He's six. He's having a good time. On the other hand, people are like, his parents are clearly using him. Um, he's too young. He violated the terms of service. It's clearly there. He violated two terms of service. So there's nothing you can do to defend him from this. Turns out that um, people who were saying his parents were using him were right. They just did this to as a, as a publicity stunt. Um, they doctored the video, they edited it, they set it all up. They were just trying to get their kid to get even more views because probably they're raking in money off of him and they're using the money probably for their own needs. Um, they could be setting it aside for their son, but considering their actions, I highly doubt that they're thinking in terms of what's good for their kid. Um, but it, it's this kind of stuff that, it just makes it a lot harder for other streamers, you know, like I'm not a streamer, but I can see like now if, if something like happened, this happens in the past, like I'm not in the past, in the future, are people are going to be like, Oh, you're just faking it because you want more views. Um, I honestly think it depends on the circumstance. Like uh -huh. I feel like th this kid wouldn't have, you know, this call of duty, like not only experience, but, also just like the ability to set up a twitch account without his parents help yeah so that that's like a hundred percent like in their own ballpark um 
that the the parents needed this to happen um but i don't know if like this whole fabrication thing is just total bs like this shouldn't happen just to get your kid popular your kid's gonna be popular because he's a six-year-old playing call of duty okay like that's that's a cash grab on its own you don't need to worry about like fake banning your own son it like that's that's just not cool and like neither Um, neither activision nor twitch banned the kid exactly like it it wasn't it wasn't needed it just like your kid is going to be popular regardless so just let, let's just watch the kid play and right? the parents had to explain what going viral meant to their kid like this is yeah. this is so clearly orchestrated from the beginning and it's just like it's, like, it's so mean to like to take advantage over people who are like actually supporting your kid this is like balloon boy all over again yeah like this just makes i was in the camp of he violated the terms of service in on two accounts and there's nothing you can really do to defend this like yeah he had fun in the beginning yeah it sucks for your kid but i mean you're you're not following the rules but now this just makes me angry for this family like i don't i don't blame the kid at all he doesn't know what's going on but these parents are just absolute shitbags yeah they 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 should be banned from twitch get the get the six-year-old manager at this point like you know, you shouldn't have their parents worrying about this kind of stuff. No, not um, at all. And I think, and if anything, like they just damaged their kid's credibility. Then, mm-hmm. so but like you, he could be good, but yourself. he's now gonna have, he's gonna have this stigma around him. Like, yeah, let's let's just say he he's still good. Like seven years down the road, right? He's like a thirteen-year-old playing on the on the regular circuit. They're gonna be like, oh, you remember Rowdy Brogan? Well, he's still here, and his parents are still around. So, you know, we we're not gonna sign him. There's no reason for us to. Like use take on that controversy. Yeah, exactly. We don't need that on our on our crew. That's the reason why, like the same thing is like why XQC never got re-signed after Dallas Fuel. It's like that kind of that that kind of you know flack essentially that's Mm -hmm. on them. They don't they don't want to bring that onto their onto their org. Which surprises me that like Blizzard will still sponsor him. I mean, yeah, he he's just a good content creator. Um, but yeah, this this really doesn't help the six year old's case, and I hope no. that I hope that he changes his name and comes back as a better player. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's another Twitch story that came through. Um, you see it all the time where uh, content will get pulled down by like YouTube or, or Twitch for using um, content that's been copyrighted. Like if you play a song or you, you use footage that's been copyrighted or something. Um, and like it sucks and like there's there's ways to get around that like certain games like i know i know cyberpunk included a mode where they don't have any copyrighted materials that if you wanted to stream it you can it's a thing that uh streamers have to be very cognizant of um but now uh, there's there's a u.s law that's being proposed right now um by republican senator thomas tillis who's trying to get the um if any instance of using copyrighted material as a felony. Mm -hmm. And I mean, up to this point, it's just been a misdemeanor is a smaller thing. And like a felony though, that's, that's really big. Like you can't vote if you're a felon, you can't get a lot of jobs if you're a felon. Um, And I understand that the, the music industry, the, uh, 
film industry, all these other industries, they, they want to protect the use of their content because that's how they make money a lot of the time from royalties and from licensing. But to, to push for this to be a felony is, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I was discussing this with my group of friends for a long time. Um, it was supposed, it was brought to my attention um, on the 11th, but there's a, a lot of flack that goes between like not only it, it's just on both sides, right? Like for the most like logical side of it, it's like, oh, the companies want to protect their, you know, their, their property, their intellectual yeah. property. They want to keep it, which makes sense. Like they, they want to make sure that nobody's stealing it and claiming it as their own. Um, but that's the, that's the catch when it comes to claiming it as their own. I feel like us content creators are not trying to say like, oh, I made this song. This is mine. Pay me. Right. It's mm -hmm. more like we enjoy this music, support the artist. Like we want to, we want to just bring attention to it, to things that we like. Right. Um, if anything, like, I feel like when it comes to companies wanting to, you know, push for even harder laws on us, it's just going to make us not want to support like the music on on our own platforms mm -hmm. so it's essentially the artists themselves are like yeah go ahead share it like that's why we have t-pain on twitch whenever you hear him he's like yeah the artists themselves are not against this it's mainly the labels who want you know to keep the money to themselves want all that to go their way mm -hmm. um but yeah the changing this from a misdemeanor to a felony means that you could possibly get jail time uh, which is also the reason why I feel like a lot of streamers are going to start trying to find ways around both Twitch and YouTube to prevent this from happening. I'm already doing it myself. Um, for example, I have a ton of custom songs on Beat Saber. I cannot play Beat Saber on Twitch um, because I have songs that I enjoy playing. Um, and if I end up streaming that, even if I... Um, even though I do do some extra precautions right now, um, if this law goes into effect, essentially, if I were to stream it once, I can get a felony and potentially get jail time, which which sucks because you'll be in there with some gangster and he's going to have like, he's like, yo, what what you in for? Oh, domestic violence and B&E. What about you? Oh, yeah, I played a song on Twitch. Like, you're not going to last in prison. Uh, <laughs> that's just how it is. But it's just not a cool way of like saying, Oh, I got a felony for playing a song online. Right. Like right now it is a misdemeanor, which usually just means like a fine. Yeah. And uh, it's a like slap a on the wrist. It's a slap on the wrist and a cease and desist. Right. Um, which isn't too bad, but when it comes to like us wanting to support our favorite artists, we can't do that on our platform. And the, okay. This has a super ripple effect too. So we were discussing this on like the furthest point. Um, number one is um, okay. If this, if this law goes into effect, right. The first thing is no more background music that isn't copyright free. Right. You'd have to so, go to like one of those duty free websites and yeah, maybe like buy a subscription there or there's like ones that are just straight up free and you have to credit them. Mm -hmm. So those ones are, those sites are going to boom. Those, so those sites are going to do really well. The other ones is, will it affect the game companies themselves? Because you can't license that copyright out um, 
to to say oh you could play our music x y and z they have to create essentially a terms of service or something like that Mm -hmm. inside of their game that allows streamers to have the copyright hold so that they can play the music that's in their game to stream it live on twitch so like kind of like a broadcaster's like license um like the the worst one that i would see is like for example like gta if you were to play gta and the radio's playing right you have a bunch of songs that are out there in you know like i i like to listen to kendrick lamar and snoop dogg and dr dre when i'm in my car in gta uh that wasn't that wasn't a uh an intentional rhyme but that's just how it is <laughs> um when it comes to it like that music makes the game what it is right right um if we were to take away that right have you ever seen gta without the audio it's so boring it's so boring right like you can't you don't feel it's real life except you can punch people without it with impunity yeah it it just sucks like <laughs> Like I remember one time, like even the worst case scenario, or like one of the, one of the other ones was, uh, if you tried to play the the Kingdom Hearts opening sequence, um, on Twitch because it plays um simple and clean, right? You have to on Twitch, you have to mute the game and cut off of the cut screen because it was used in a movie. And so if you're using the same footage as it was in a movie, which also means the cutscenes in Toy Story or in uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3 that mimic the same as the movies, you have to cut away from it. So your, your entire fan base who's out there trying to watch the game has to just can't even listen to the audio um, or can't even like understand what happens. And you just have to be you have to describe it to them in real time, which is stupid, right? Like you're taking away the sound of the game and that's literally half the experience is being able to enjoy you know the atmospheric sound of it um but yeah we were saying if for example like let's say if games now just say like you know what we will just make uh we'll just have no audio in our games we just won't no more background music you have to bring it yourself right um would that affect the way how us players decide to pick a game it's like we we are no longer going after it for the soundtrack we are going after it for if it's stream friendly and if it works right. and it's so um, like it takes away some of the immersion of your content yeah and it's and just, for like a game like like doom has it's known yeah. for its soundtrack so trying to stream doom what are you going to do no none of that heavy metal what, what's going to happen now yeah it, it's just very weird it's going to be a very weird sequence of events um if this goes through uh so mm-hmm. just if it starts picking up steam please tell your uh please tell your local government official to please stop senator thomas tills tom tills by the way it's t-h-o-m tom tills uh which makes no sense uh <laughs> but like honestly just just tell him like stop with this like even if it's a current misdemeanor like i'd, I'd take a misdemeanor over a felony any day mm-hmm. um but one one of the okay, I'll I'll tell you guys if you guys are planning on streaming stuff with uh, copyrighted material on Twitch, make sure you don't have past broadcasts stored. That's one of them. So they either have to catch you live in that moment um, and give you that DMCA in the real time, and also do not enable clips. 
so that they can not they can't clip the footage of you having it right so essentially they have to go into their own extra piece to film you of your stream so that they have evidence of it it, it takes them a little bit more time to do it but i would not recommend it the other one for me what i'm doing is if i have people who are interested in my personal content um i invite them over to my discord and i have specific discord streams only um that way i can play um i can play whatever songs i want on my vr systems and uh it's not being broadcasted and kept and saved somewhere it's just live in the moment and so people could actually talk and interact with me while i'm playing my game so there's always going to be another way of like sharing your content. It doesn't always have to be, you know, it may not be streaming live on Twitch and it may not be saving your VODs to YouTube, but it is a way of staying connected with your fans. And especially right now, this is like the time to do it. This is going to, if this goes through, this is going to change the entire streaming industry just literally overnight. Yeah, and we were discussing this uh, a little bit as well. It's like if Amazon tried to have like another streaming like music service that was kind of like Spotify or you know YouTube Music or something like that. We were saying the way how Amazon makes a big even more money out of this is if they do they create their streaming service for music, right? Mm-hmm. Then they have a broadcaster's license, which may cost like, I don't know, make it like $10 a month or something like that. It's a broadcaster's license so that you can broadcast and stream any of the music that happens to be on Amazon Music, right? You take that license and you can sell that out to whichever Twitch streamer wants to use music. And they also are paying the subscription already up front to have, you know, Amazon Music. Right that you know that's like easy if you're doing like 15 bucks per like subscription ten dollars a month for the broadcasting thing it's 25 bucks a month for the whole package you're essentially getting 25 bucks a month from every streamer who wants to use your music Mm -hmm. and that's just the way to go like if they could create something like that they they essentially have everybody in the palm of their hands um obviously it does come down to what music they can get um the biggest one, like once again, it's like if Spotify was able to do something like this, they could easily take that slot. So it's just a lot to think about. I mean, like like I was mentioning earlier, like there's these there's the duty free or the licensing free um, music sites like there's Incompetech that I know a lot of people tend to use. Um, there's one that we use called um, Epidemic Sound where like Incompetech's free. Mm-hmm. You just have to credit um, to get the licenses on Epidemic. It's 15 a month. And they actually have a they have a gaming channel of like music for gaming. Like there's one right now for I'm looking at a Cyberpunk or SFX Gaming Volume One, Dreamy Gaming, Happy Gaming. Um, so there there's there are options. Um, this is just going to cause people to to have to look for other sources. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see which way the winds blow on this one. I'm personally hoping that this, I really hope this doesn't go through because, oh my God, just imagine getting a, a felony because you use the song. Like you're, you're in there with all like people who've done like awful, awful things. And all you did was use a song. That's, there's no justice in that. 
So on to other things. Now we're actually straight Overwatch things and hopefully somewhat happier. Um, some of you may have noticed, I think it was Tuesday when the update finally went through, that Diva went missing for a little bit, but she came back later that day. Um, it was because they there was a weird bug that allowed her to have infinite health on her mech. And someone posted a video of it. Like his mech is at zero. He's just standing there. It's like, why am I not, why am I not getting burst out? And he just just kept going. He's at zero health on the mech and he's still allowed to stay in there. Um, the glitch only like stopped because he decided to use his diva bomb. Um, and then it started working properly. But apparently this was a big enough issue that Blizzard took her down, did a quick hot fix, and put her back up. So I think she should be live now. I think she she was live yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she was live on Tuesday after a couple hours. But um, dude, imagine imagine playing like in a tournament and this happened. Yeah, bug fixes need to happen immediately. I'm glad that they picked up on it early and we're like, okay, yeah, we we can take her out. We'll put her back in when we fix the issue. Um, once again, I've, I've been seeing memes about it, and this is year four, and Diva still doesn't have a winter skin. Nope. Uh, nope. So she's, uh, I mean, she gets Halloween skins quite often, but no winter skins for her. Uh, maybe in Overwatch 2, uh, when we finally get Zenyatta Orb. I feel like a if you literally slapped a bow tie on top of the mech, I'd be fine. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but it would, uh, it would be really funny, like you know, Christmas, Christmas wrapped, uh, diva mech, and like diva's like a tiny, you know, you could have her in an elf costume or just like regular, or like, like action figure diva. Yeah, like that would be that would be pretty cool, honestly. Like, if you did like a Funko Pop esque, because like, like diva in in world, I'm pretty sure there's action figures of diva. Like she has there's no way there isn't. She has like multiple. Uh, advertising deal she's an actor she's a national figure there's no way there's like no action figures of her there's got to be at least one company that's make that did a deal with her for that so that would be a fun one that's something i would like to see um but yeah uh as kevin mentioned our winter event is now here it is going to be running until um january 5th so right before three kings day for those of you who recognize it and know what that is um but we did get new skins this year we did get a new mode which is the uh what is it officially called i call it freeze tag um it's called freeze thaw elimination freeze thaw elimination right so it's a four by four brawl um it's like it's just like three by three elimination except that instead of dying you freeze into a block of ice and your teammates can thaw you out by standing next to you so if you revived, that could really change the tide of battle. Hooray. Um, I played it. I think it's it's pretty cool. I'm glad to see that they put in a, a new mode. I didn't expect them to put in anything new at all. So this was a very welcome addition. Um, it's pretty fun. I like it. I still think I prefer the uh, Snowball Deathmatch. Yeah. Um I've I've had a lot of fun in the in the freeze thought thing. That's just I've, we've been playing with like four players, and if you have a full team, you could actually do some interesting things with it. Um, for the most part, it, it does come down to composition. It's like the same way how you'd play like three v three elim. Yeah. Um, but 
I feel like there's one aspect that a lot of teams don't take advantage of, especially when it comes down to numbers advantage. Um, if you have numbers advantage, you have one person chase the last chase the other two players while the other one tries to go and res. Um, that way, that way, especially if it's like a two v one. Like in a two v one, you you let one person chase down the player and the other one go and like res somebody else who's like really far away. So that way, yeah. you start winning in numbers again. But we've had moments where like, um, where you just clutch up and you just win. I won the first round. I did. Uh, I think I played. I played Farah, Hog, and then Ryan in that round, and then we won. And the rest I've just been losing because I'm not grouping up with people. I'm just playing on my own which is not advisable. Um, but yeah, this year, aside from that, we still have our other different modes. We have the snowball offensive, the snowball deathmatch, and the Yeti hunter. Um, we do get the three weeks of your nine wins and you get a skin and a spray and a player icon. This week, it's going to be the elf junk rat one. Next week, it's going to be the gingerbread Anna one, which I really don't like. It's kind of boring. And then the third week, which is going to be the 29th through the 5th, um, I think this is the best skin of the event. It's the uh, Roadhog Snow, uh, Frosty skin, mm-hmm. which just evil snowman. Like, what What more do you need from Roadhog? I think it's the best skin of the event. Um, aside from that, we have the Conductor Ryan skin, which I didn't really care for at first, but correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard that when you charge, he makes train sounds. He does. I <gasps> bought the skin first thing. Like I was, I was just like, "Oh, this is the funny nod to Thomas the Tank Engine." Uh, I thought it was a Polar Express. Yeah, it's a bit of both. It it is Polar Express in terms of like the the theme of it, but uh-huh. like we knew that there was a train themed thing because of the Thomas mode. So <laughs> like oh, the yeah. old Thomas <laughs> mode, and so they made sure that his color scheme, like his actual like costume underneath, is the same as thomas's color palette but when he does charge it makes train noises and it is scary as hell when you're on the receiving end of it (laughs) like you just hear a train in the distance and you're like oh no like you just you just know that you're gonna get pinned um i wasn't gonna get it i was either gonna get them use the money for toy bot or lumberjack torb but now i want that train sound i mean it's it's worth it um if you're not playing in a competitive mode i would highly recommend it because the only thing that sucks about like it competitively is that it does make the train noises um when you're normally reinhardt the only thing that you hear is like the flame on the back of his uh on the back of his charge uh, uh-huh. of a suit of armor so it's a kind of a quieter like um like a jet stream so but the train it, sound is telegraphing it's telegraphing but at the same time it is extra intimidating so sometimes people still won't pay attention to you because they're just like oh it's whatever but when you get pinned by the train you are you're clearly not in a good spot so that that's just how it is yeah i mean it's the train sound i want it now yeah it's very fun to to try out aside from so aside from train sounds reinhardt we have ice empress moira which is i'm pretty sure it's a clear homage to the wicked witch of the west from not wicked witch of the west the i don't know i don't remember what she's called like the witch the ice queen from lion the witch in the wardrobe yeah whatever they call her 
I haven't read that series since uh, junior high. Um, we've got Lumberjack Torb, which, I mean, this is playing to all those Lumberjack fantasies. I mean, Torb is already like the biggest waifu in the game. Now you gave him the Lumberjack skin. I think that's too much. That's too yeah, much, man. That could have been a diva skin. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have Penguin May, which is like May's in a, a Penguin onesie, which is I got in my loot box for the free loot box for winter event. And I don't play May, but it's it's okay. I'm okay with the skin. And then you've got Toybot Zenyatta, which is like some people didn't understand what the skin was, but I mean it's just like the toy robots that everybody wants as a kid for Christmas, which I never got. And now I, I want one even more because I've been reminded. And if you look at his little balls, they have smiley faces on them, which is so cute. And then we have uh, Elf Junkrat, Frosty uh, Roadhog, and then Anna Gingerbread. And yeah, that's it for this event. What are yeah, your thoughts on the skins? It's kind of a smaller event in terms of skins, um, but there is a lot that I, I really enjoy. I did like the the penguin suit. Um, I call it I call it the you know, if you guys watched uh, Pengu as a kid, uh, it, it's just called uh, Skin Newt Newt. Uh, <laughs> we use that quite a quite a bit as our go-to. Um, I like the conductor train. The funniest thing about Zenyatta's skin is we were making the joke um, from Apex. It's like Pathfinder is absolute garbage in Apex, so we moved over to Overwatch. And... Yeah, he just so happens to be a Zen skin, but that is honestly the best way of going about it. Um, so I might pick up the Zen skin just because it is a fun little. Uh, it is a fun skin, and it's it's pretty funny. But I'm gonna make sure that I play week three. I missed out on the ragdoll. Uh, ragdoll. Uh, sombra, not sombra. What's the other one? The the flying one. The, uh, the echo. echo. Yeah, I missed out on the Echo skin, so I'm gonna. I need to make sure I get this Roadhog skin. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot that, a lot that I want to happen in this mode. I'm glad that we, we're getting something at least. They're they're not just like, being like, okay, well, we'll just wait till you know Overwatch two. We'll give it to you then. Mm-hmm. But, um. We always have to remember we have this and then usually on January 5th, we get two weeks off and then we come back with the Lunar New Year event. So um, I'm assuming the Lunar New Year event will probably be the last one of Overwatch 1 before we have our Overwatch 2 announcement, which is supposed to be at BlizzCon. So we'll see um, if we can get that underway. but yeah, honestly, if you guys haven't tried it out yet, try the 4v4 freestyle elimination. It is it is pretty fun. Um, another little thing that I'll tell you right now, um, your frozen allies and enemies count as walls, so you can duck and dip and dive and dodge behind them. We were using it on Castillo, where like you would go up to the top and you would wall them inside of that like bell tower when they tried to come in. It is a hard feed strat, but like it doesn't allow them to back up, which is really good. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very interesting thing to try. I, I would not recommend it. Do not do it. Uh, we lost that round. Just don't, <laughs> don't do it. Um, yeah, so so more new stuff that came in with the uh, the most recent patches to the game. 
Um, we did get a PTR patch, um, which was announced in the most recent dev update for um, Overwatch with Jeff. Um, we got a new deathmatch map, uh, Kanesaka, which is, or yeah, four by four deathmatch map, free for all. Um, no one expected this. Uh, Blizzard didn't actually expect to release this. Um, but according to Jeff, what happened was they were hiring people for Overwatch 2. They found this level designer named Morton and they told him, hey, uh, while you're learning our new system, why don't you try out and create a new map? Um, and he did. And apparently the team loved it so much that they decided just, you know what? He already made the map. Let's put it in the game. Um, what's interesting, though, about this is, uh, according to Jeff, they've stuck a lot of lore hints and uh, things to look out for Overwatch 2 and Easter eggs in the game. Um, one that I just saw, there's a billboard apparently in this map with uh, a girl in a mech. And apparently, it, it, you know those those files that they data mined with all like the cards of um, potential heroes that they had like mm-hmm. they thought up. Um, there's one with her face. It's her name is Brit, and she has, according to this, a pistol, a support mech, and a tack mech. So we might be getting a new tank, tech, not tank, um, a new mech character in the future. Um, Jeff also said that there's going to be a lot of nods to the Shimada brothers. Our, he said our favorite two Shimada brothers plus people associated with the organization. So are there more Shimada brothers? Considering that this map like takes place at the base of like the streets leading up to um, Hanamura Castle. Yeah, I do like the details once again. Like uh, Kanazaki is just a really fun map to look at. Um, one of the things, obviously, like the one that got most people interested in it is the cat cafe. Cat cafe. Um, it's kind of kind of sad that we don't have roaming cats, but at the same time, I don't want to be blasting cats. Um, cats should be immortal. You could like, yeah, they were saying that they should be like indestructible item objects, yeah. like in the game. They just kind of roam around. Um, but yeah, I, I really wish that this was a full map. I'm fine with it being a deathmatch map because I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand it's it's a smaller map but at the same time it, it just looks so nice like can we just expand this can you just make this a push mode like i mean the point it, is to look at this map i think because of all the, the easter eggs they've hidden yeah so we'll be taking our time uh in there we'll we'll be probably scoping around through it if if i know anybody who knows how to find uh hidden things on maps it's v so he'll take like a solid like day and he'll go through every single like piece of a map and then he'll just be like all right well this is a fun easter egg i'm gonna zoom in on that during a break oh we should bring in v in and see what he finds yeah it it takes him a while though so like the second that this is in ptr right now he likes to wait till it's on the live because they tend to move things around Mm -hmm. especially if it's like landscape or uh certain aspects of the map so uh I'll, I'll let I'll talk to him about certain things if we do find things on this map, um, but otherwise, like yeah, this map is just really pretty. I'm I'm glad that it's it's here. Um, I just don't know how how many other game modes are they planning on pushing for a deathmatch or a four v four so that we get this map more. Yeah, because a lot of like you don't see a lot of the maps that they've created unless you're playing these free for all modes. Yeah, like Ayutthaya, you don't see at all unless you're playing a certain thing. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting. Another part of the the Kanazaka map that 
Jeff talked about is that different areas of the map are going to be better suited for different characters. Like he specifically mentioned, there's going to be an area that's really good for Faro players. There's an area that's going to be really good for ball players. So that'll be interesting to see if, if people actually do kind of naturally drift to different areas of the map. And then the last really th uh, thing that happened in this la most recent patch was um, the priority pass system did go live. So um, you can now pick flex as an option and you get your priority passes if you want to use them to play a certain role. Again, these priority passes don't um, apply if you're on a stack of five or more because um, there's no real point to using them then because you can just talk with your teams like, hey, I want to pick this role. Um, and you can keep up to 40 of those passes before you don't have any more space. Um, my team really used it just to try out and see if we were good at any other roles. Um, I'm decent at Lucio. Uh, I found, and my DPSing is gone just to garbage. Last thing, and the uh, the announcement that Jeff's made was that although we haven't heard anything from Overwatch 2 in a while, Jeff said that there is still work being done and we will get another update in February at BlizzCon, so he's confirming it. Um, I'm hoping that he's not going to come out and say at BlizzCon, we've been working on it and we're still not done um, because that would be tragic yeah this is one of the things where i'm fine with i'm fine with them releasing it and it coming out and being not absolute garbage but like having bugs i feel like it's okay as long as we have the game out you know um as long as the bugs aren't game breaking as long as it's not yeah. like last gen or like the PS4, Xbox One on Cyberpunk where like the game will shut down on you. As long as that doesn't happen, as long as you can still functionally play it, it may not look as pretty, I think we'd be okay. Yeah, as long as it doesn't break the game, I'm fine with having the game out earlier because there's always time to, to, re, uh, to fix those kinds of things. And then, like, if you if you're continually patching it and making it better, like, that'll, I feel like that might show the community like a good faith thing. Like, yes, we understand that we were kind of neglecting you in the past, but we're here now. The game is out, and we're gonna be on that support train that you guys wanted. We're gonna keep patching it. We're gonna keep you updated. We're going to make sure that this community feels like we are paying attention. So there's an opportunity for them there. And so moving on to Owl News, Kevin, what do you have for us this week? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of trades and signings. I'm actually going to go over the smaller ones first. Um, that way we kind of work our way up to the bigger ones. Um, Juby was signed up from the Houston Academy team to the Houston Outlaw main roster. Um, he's been on there for about four months now. So I guess it's just we, we don't have enough players here. Let's just bring up a guy. Um, Friday is another support player who has been signed to the New York Excelsior. So he's going to play opposite to, um, to Jonak. The, the thing still that only makes two players signed to NYXL. So there's a lot of players who are still out there that they need to, they still have a ton of roles to fill. So we'll figure out who gets to fill in those spots later down the line. But 
they have a lot of roster work that they need to get done. Um, okay, now to a couple of bigger pickups. Florida actually picked up three members this time. Uh, they ended up pick up picking up Checkmate, OGE, and Slime. So they are all going to be added to that Florida roster. And the biggest one that has been added is uh, Soon finally found a team, and he will be playing for the uh, Boston Uprising. Still nothing for Ben Best, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where he ends up landing, if anywhere. Hopefully he does. Uh, if not, you know, got to grind back through T2. Uh, that's just the way how it is. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams go about. I mean, I feel like Florida looks really strong right now with what they have. Um, but once again, we, we've seen how teams look on paper and we don't know if they'll execute when the time comes. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to look forward to. Wasn't there a recent? I'm trying to find the link now. Wasn't there recently a player who was signed from collegiate into the league? Mm. Oh no, it is GB. GB went from collegiate to pro. Hmm. I, that probably makes number two, I think. Uh he went from Harrisburg University Storm to from I guess to the academy and then to the league I then. Went- what what team signed him? Uh, outlaws. Oh, the outlaws. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, Harrisburg has a very good Overwatch team, like collegiate wise. So I can I can understand why they went that direction. Um, but yeah, the the only other player that I remember that I recall is Moth doing that as well. So he definitely has his uh his pedigree if he can climb his way through he definitely deserves a slot so we'll see why do you think that the league is not really looking into collegiate players as often i feel like it's the same reason why um a lot of teams focus more on academy players um the collegiate players they're in college right now so they're looking to do other things already um it's not like Overwatch is their number one priority most of the time. Um, most of the time they are going to school and they are focusing more on you know, what they're majoring in, um, which is the reason why a lot of teams don't scout at that level. But at the same time, like, I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential down there. I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased because I am a collegiate caster. Um, but when you do see some of these players who play at this level they're they are insane they have players who could probably compete so it's just a matter of figuring out you know what what can you do what can i do to be better what can i do to earn my spot here um so yeah it's just going to be really interesting to see if they do scout out college level talent um is it enough for them to quit whatever major they were focusing on in order to pursue overwatch or uh, or vice versa like usually sometimes overwatch players tend to go and look at universities um but yeah so, sometimes the college universities like harrisburg ended up picking up um elk elk was it from uh from the philly fusion when he went to retire he, he went there um but yeah it's just going to be interesting to see where and if players from the collegiate scene do get picked up um, a lot more often. 
I feel like they they would in theory be good picks because they have the team um, aspect down. They've played in tournaments before, so I mean, I'd like to see more of them picked up in the future. I feel like that's another reason why Tespa is doing so well. It's like you have not only a collegiate aspect of you know community here, but you're also scouting out more talent that could be brought to the league. Um, so yeah, just watch Tespa if they have their tournaments running. It's just the best way of going about it. Anything else for this week? Uh, no, not really. Just make sure to get your skins while you can. Don't procrastinate like like me. Uh, I I got my I got my skin already. I, I'm I got my Junkrat elf skin. So just make sure that you do that as quickly as you can. Don't uh, don't do anything weird. <laughs> and with that, we hopefully will see you guys next week. Hope you have a good rest of the week and. Stay safe, stay inside, and get those wins. See you guys. Next week, we continue to play the Winter Wonderland event and update you on any news from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.